It's time now for the complete story with Rich Bot, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich Bot with today's complete story. That's right, folks. This is Rich Bot, and uh, I'm here in the studio this time without my dad, but we're going to be talking about an issue that is near and dear to his heart and my heart as well. And I, I trust yours as well. And it is about the education of young people. I mean, this is the next generation coming up. There's really probably nothing more important for the strategic well-being of the United States than the education of our young people. And it is in sad shape. But folks, there, there are solutions. And we're going to be talking about some of the solutions. In the studio is Lisa Watson, and there is a fantastic event coming up in Kansas City just in a few weeks that we want to tell you about, coming up very quickly. And But uh, Lisa Watson, welcome to the Bot Radio Network studios. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for this opportunity to come into the studio and talk to you about the event that I'm working on. And the whole issue of education. And you have a powerful testimony. You've shared this before with us at Bot Radio Network, and folks, you have probably heard Lisa's story. You're going to have a chance to hear it again, but maybe it'll be the first time if you've not heard it before. And uh, why this issue is so important in her life. But before we get to that, Lisa, give us the details about the Education Freedom Symposium. Thanks, Rich. Um, this, the symposium is going to be held in Kansas City, Kansas at the Reardon Center. And the framework for this symposium is Can School Choice Defeat Poverty? And we have a great lineup of speakers. We have workshops that are going to be held for parents to learn how to homeschool, to learn what their options are for private school. And as you know, this is an issue that's really close to my heart, and it really ties into my personal personal testimony. Right. Now, so this is a symposium, and uh, from uh, it's all day Saturday from 8.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock in the evening for parents, educators, students, advocates— Anybody that wants more information about educational options for their young person and what can be done. And it's uh, Saturday, November 2nd at the Reardon Center in Kansas City, Kansas. That's about 5th and Minnesota in Kansas City, Kansas. And there's a website that you can go to for more information. It's called edfreedommo.org. That's E-D and then the word freedom and then the abbreviations for Missouri, mo.org, edfreedommo.org. That's where you need to go for more information. And uh, Lisa Watson, now uh, you are a prime example of what can happen in today's education system, uh, and it has a great ending. Tell us your story. Okay, well, I'll summarize my story, and I want to frame it in a good news, bad news (laughs) sort of way. Um, Rich, I'm from Kansas City, Kansas, born and raised, and I am the daughter of a single mom. And Rich, I am a product of what can go right in the public schools and what can go wrong. So when I was in seventh grade, I actually got a letter from the Board of Education, and that letter invited me to transfer from my mediocre school to the number one school in the state of Kansas, Sumner Academy. Uh huh. Once I got to Sumner, a whole new world opened up. Was this based on your, your grades, your educational uh, achievements at that point up till the seventh grade? Yes, it was. So you qualified then to be invited to Sumner Academy. Correct. And I qualified to get what I call now just educational opportunities. That was school choice. 
And at the time, it opened up a new world for me. Now I am um, in an education environment where I'm required to take Latin. I'm required to have four years of a foreign language. I'm being exposed to Shakespeare. And everyone in the environment, we're all very academically focused, and the same with the teachers. So I now graduate from Sumner. And the classroom setting probably had some discipline, some focus to it, and not too many disruptions. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a whole new world. So that changed my life. That letter, when I was only 12 years old, changed my life. But it had other implications. After graduating from Sumner, I moved away to go to college. I moved to Los Angeles. Now, that was another whole new world. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Los Angeles, I got exposed to a lot of ideas that I had never heard before. I actually had professors who openly challenged the authenticity of the Bible. This was a secular university? Secularized university. It was um, Whittier College. Uh And so they were founded as a Christian university like many other universities and colleges in America. But oh, isn't that a sad story? So many of these, even like Harvard and Princeton and these others, too, were founded on biblical principles, but they've strayed so far. And uh, so now it's pretty much totally, totally secular environment. Correct. So now I'm sitting in classrooms hearing things that I had never heard in Kansas, where professors openly mocked the historiosity of Jesus. They made the equivalency of the Bible in every other religion. So it came into my head that Christianity was no different than Apollo, Zeus, or any other religion, that these were all myths that were created by humans to explain human history. Mm. And, and you grew up in the church, too. Correct. Correct. So they were challenging your beliefs. Correct. And I did not have the tools to defend my belief. I didn't even know that there was a discipline that actually taught Christians to defend their beliefs. I had never even heard of apologetics. So slowly over the course of my college life, I became an agnostic. I went into a lot of doubt and unbelief. And over... Because you go to school to be a learner, and this is what they were teaching. Correct, correct. And they have PhDs, and they are they're very powerful. So when you send your children to these colleges and universities, you're sitting them under people that they look up to. And I looked up to my professors, and it would have never occurred to me that they would be trying to indoctrinate me or try and change my mind. It's very subtle what's going on. So by the time I graduated, I actually moved back to Kansas City. I graduated from UMKC. But by the time I graduated, as I said, I was in complete doubt and unbelief. I needed an internship. I did my internship at Planned Parenthood. Oh, my goodness. Yep. And that's in league with this humanistic worldview that you'd learned. Correct. So I'm now being completely immersed in feminist ideology and pro-abortion ideology. I, I had a job with the telecom industry, and I was a union steward. So I was also adding on a lot of socialism, some Marxism. I graduated from college, and I... At some point, I got an introduction to the president of the local ACLU. So I joined the board of the ACLU. I take on numerous roles for almost 10 years with the ACLU. I found the Racial Justice Task Force. I'm the Affirmative Action Officer. I become the president of the Kansas City chapter of the ACLU. I'm on the affiliate board, and then I joined the New York board, the national board in New York Mm -hmm. City. Mm. So um, I thought that I was living the American dream. 
I was the only person even in my extended family that had graduated from college. So again, I think I'm living the, the, the American dream. And you're just continuing on the path that was set from college where they taught you humanism. Correct. And I also want to take it back a little further. I'm continuing on a path that I feel like the church did not adequately cover. Uh, I don't only blame this on the world. I also blame some of this on the church in that I was not properly exposed to apologetics. I did not get a defense of Christianity. So, and then of course I take personal responsibility as well. Sure. So, um, you know this story, and I'll try and tell yeah, it Yeah, but I want you to tell our listeners, this is exciting, folks, to see how God worked in your life. Right. So one day, um, I'm still on the board of the ACLU at this time, so I like to tell people I was not looking for Jesus. But it turns out Jesus is looking for me. Mm. So I come home, just like everyone else, I'm going to watch a movie and relax. And I'm planning to watch a, a particular movie, and it's right on the television screen, right on the guide channel, and there's a movie called Love Come Softly. A lot of your listeners have probably are probably familiar with this right. movie. So it says right on the guide channel, that's what's going to come on. But that's not what comes on. Instead, another show comes on, and the name of that show was I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. I thought that was the funniest title, so I decided to watch it. Because by this time you'd pretty much become an atheist. Yes, I was a, a, a atheist, and I claimed it, and I was comfortable with it. And just a real skeptic. Yes. <laughs> so he announces that he can prove the existence of God, and he doesn't have to use the Bible. Uh, I said right out loud in my home, go for it. And I sit, and I start watching the show, and he starts to unravel my worldview. By the time it's over, I actually uh, felt lightheaded. I was dizzy. I had turned to the side of my bed, and that's when I heard a voice. And the voice said, you're being lied to. Uh. And my mind is racing. I'm racing back over everything that I had seen. He talked about Darwin. He talked about Einstein. He talked about DNA. He talked about Watson and Crick. He talked about hoaxes in the evolution community. And I thought, all these people can't get together and create a hoax. They don't even know each other. This is over centuries. And then the voice said, the God of the Bible is true. Mm -hmm. Jesus is his son. When Satan fell, he took a third of the angels and he created all the other religions because they want to be worshipped. Well, this thought has never occurred to me in my life. The devil always creates a counterfeit. Well, now I know that. <laughs> but as an atheist, I was, I was shocked. But I had this feeling that I was supposed to respond. And all I could come up with was... I got to look into this. Well, I had taken notes during the course of the show, and I had this man's name, Frank Turek, T-U-R-E-K. Uh -huh. Right, right. People can Google his name. He's a well-known apologist. And later no. I find out he has a series called I Don't Have Enough yeah. Faith to Be an Atheist, and he has a book. And apologetics, <laughs> that's like a defense of the gospel, a defense of the Word of God, a defense of the truth of the Bible. Well, it sends me on this journey that I call the great unraveling. So I look this man up, I find him on YouTube, and I tell people for the next year and a half, two years, I went to YouTube University. Uh -huh. And I watch his series, I order his book, and the good news about YouTube is after you watch a couple of shows or episodes of anything, it starts recommending other things to you. So during the course of this 18 months to two years, YouTube starts recommending videos to me. 
And these videos are answering the questions that I never understood growing up, Mm -hmm. the questions I couldn't answer about Christianity. So by the time this is all over, um, the Lord says I have enough information to make a decision. And that's when I abandon atheism, socialism, leftism, liberalism, and I, you know, surrender my life to Jesus. And you told me before that you felt like you'd been betrayed by the educational system. Yes. One of the things that I actually said when I was talking to the Lord is, I want revenge. (laughs) I know you're not supposed to say that, but it just came out of my gut. But you wanted to do something positive. Yes. Make a positive difference. I did. I did. I, I had an autopsy over my situation. I actually thought, how did this happen to me? I went back to myself as a child, and I wondered, how did I get so far off from where I started? And I went back to education. Mm. So what looked like it was good news for me that I got that letter, I was able to go to a better school, and then I was able to become a college graduate and, and break the cycle of generational poverty in my life, had a downside. And it was because I was not being taught the full truth. And and the Bible says that um, awe of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if I didn't have any knowledge of the truth of God, what type of wisdom did I really have? So at one point, the Lord actually shows me the bookend to that scripture is professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. And I said, is that for me? That was me. You know, Lisa, when I was in high school, every afternoon I would go into the radio station after school and do the sign-off shift up until sundown when the station would sign off the air, and we would have a cartridge that we would play. And in that, they had a scripture verse that said, The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And so you've experienced the power of God in your life, and you're using it now to make a difference in the educational system. And you helped to bring about this Education Freedom Symposium. We're going to hear a spot announcement about that right now. Nearly half of Americans who struggle to read live in poverty. The one-size-fits-all approach to education is leaving too many behind. Attend Kansas City's first Education Freedom Symposium designed to ask, can school choice defeat poverty? Join parents, educators, students, and advocates on Saturday, November 2nd, as we discuss how we can work together to unleash the potential in every kid. Visit www.edfreedommo.org. Oh, let me repeat that uh, website again, edfreedommo.org. That's edfreedommo.org. That's another M and O, edfreedommo.org. And that's where you need to go, folks, to get more information about this Education Freedom Symposium. It's coming up Saturday, November 2nd, and it's a great lineup of speakers and breakout sessions. Everything that you need to know, whether you're a parent, an educator, a student, or an advocate for school choice, uh, but that's what it's all about. And uh, Lisa, what else can you say about that? Can you tell us about some of the speakers that some of the, that the people are going to have a chance to hear? Oh, Rich, we have an impressive lineup of speakers. There's one in particular that I want to highlight, and her name is Denisha Merriweather. Denisha Merriweather. She has an amazing testimony, somewhat similar to mine. And she was also able to escape a failing school in Florida 
and she was able to go on, graduate from college, and then get a master's degree. And she has a similar calling. She's now working full-time to try and help other kids escape failing schools. Um, I do recommend that people look up Denisha Merriweather on YouTube. She has a great video produced by PragerU called School Choice saved my life. We're going to share that with our listeners here in just a few minutes. Uh, But also, uh, Tim Phillips, uh, the leader of Americans for Prosperity. What does school choice have to do with prosperity? Well, that's the interesting intersection, and that's where I think we can leverage a lot of this conversation, and we can work across party lines, work across partisanship, because anyone who loves America understands that we have a, a, a symbol called the American dream. And this is something that people hear about all around the world, but is inextricably tied to education. In the United States, people are come able to come here, get an education, and then break the cycle of poverty that they may have experienced in other countries or even in their own life in America. But we're losing the American dream directly because the education system is not serving everyone. So at this point, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to become a country divided where the wealthy have access to quality education and the poor do not? Mm -hmm. And at this point, we cannot deny that we have become a two-tiered society. Every urban core in America is suffering under the weight of failing schools, and these schools are having a domino effect throughout society. If you're in a failing school, you're more likely to drop out of high school. You're more likely to go into prison. You're more likely to end up on welfare. You're more likely to need access to social services. So for people who care about taxes, they should care about failing schools. For people who care about Christianity, they should care about failing schools. For people who care about healing the racial divide, They should care about failing schools. Mm -hmm. If we can give people the best chance at the age of five, six, and seven, we're more likely to heal a lot of these divisions that we're having in the country. Right. And there's going to be political leaders like Senator Ed Emery from the state of Missouri, Representative Renee Erickson from Kansas, John Westbrook, uh, Kansas City, Kansas Police Department, uh, Dave Trabert, the Kansas Policy Institute, uh, and Grassroots Leadership Academy, J.L. Hakeman, and so many other Others, uh, including uh, Bishop Wade Moore, our friend from Wichita, who started the Urban Preparatory Academy. Uh, just a wonderful cross-section of people. Whether you're a parent, educator, student, advocate, go to edfreedommo.org. Get information, and, and you have to sign up to get a ticket. There's like $10 a piece. doesn't cost too much, but, but it's to help defray the expenses of this. You go to that website, get your tickets, and bring others with you, edfreedommo.org. Now, tell us about Denisha. Uh, we're going to share her testimony. You know Denisha, I believe, don't you? Yes, we've met just over the phone. Mm-hmm. She was the first person that I wanted to bring into this movement when I heard her story. I, I didn't know her, but I just was determined to find a way to connect with this girl who made this video on PragerU and to say, whenever I launch my movement, I want Denisha Merriweather to be the keynote speaker. And I got a great introduction to Americans for Prosperity. They have been invaluable. They have supported um, this mission and this goal, and they said we will support and sponsor this event. Here's Denisha Merriweather, and you'll be able to see her in person at this event. Public schools aren't the answer for everyone. They weren't the answer for me. Schools in my neighborhood in Jacksonville, Florida, function less as places of learning and more as warehouses to keep kids off the street. I know. I was one of those kids. I don't blame teachers 
or parents. I'm not interested in blaming anybody. I'm only interested in making things better. And the only way to do that is to give parents and students a choice. If a student can't get the education they need at their public school, there has to be an alternative. Thankfully, there was for me. My early years in my Jacksonville school were not a success, to put it mildly. I seldom understood the lesson. I was often confused and frustrated. I asked my teachers questions, but it seemed to me that this just annoyed them. So I stopped asking questions and I withdrew into myself. I failed third grade twice. Fourth and fifth weren't much better. I lashed out by getting into fights with my classmates. D's and F's filled my report card. I was going nowhere. I was just another black kid in the warehouse. But fortunately for me, my life changed the summer before sixth grade. I went to live with my godmother. She had one overriding thought to get me into a better school. A good education she knew was the only way to get out of the hole I had dug myself into. She didn't have any more money than my family did, but she had a plan that was worth a lot. She knew about another school, a private school. Using a tax credit scholarship, you can call it a voucher, she enrolled me at Esprit de Corps Center for Learning. Esprit demands excellence from its students. It teaches them to be warriors for knowledge and for good values. The teachers at Esprit were invested in my success. They took the time to figure out why learning was so difficult for me, and they tailored their instruction to my learning style. Sound elite? It is. Sound expensive? It's not. In fact, Esprit spends less money per student than the public school I had attended. Instead of dreading my classes, I began to look forward to them. Instead of fistfights, I began doing community service work. I even earned the National Police Athletic League's Girl of the Year Award in 2009. When it was time for me to apply to college, Esprit even helped me to research scholarships and apply for waivers so that I could take my college entrance test for free. On June 5th, 2010, I graduated from Esprit de Corps with honors, becoming the first member of my immediate family to earn a high school diploma, and eventually the first to earn a college degree, and then a master's. Without school choice, none of this would have been possible. Why is it so hard to grasp? Why are so many people so resistant to children and parents having a choice of schools? The system, especially for economically disadvantaged kids, is broken. I've seen it up close, and I've seen what happens when it works better, when there is choice. School choice allows parents who live in undervalued neighborhoods to pick the school that best works for their children. Of course, the opponents of school choice, the politicians, and the teachers unions who profit off of keeping poor black kids trapped in the warehouse say it takes money away from students who need it the most. But does anybody believe that money is the problem? Washington, D.C., for example, spends over $20,000 per student. We don't need any more money. We need more choice. Let's challenge public schools to compete on quality. Only competition breeds excellence. Prosperous parents can choose where to send their kids to school, public, private, or charter, wherever they have the best chance to succeed. Why shouldn't all parents have that choice? We have the money to make it happen. We just need the will. None of us deserve to be imprisoned by our zip codes. Education is the only way out of generational poverty. 
I'm a living example. Let's help redefine public education to make it work for everybody. There's only one way to do that. School choice. What are we waiting for? I'm Denisha Merriweather for Prager University. Isn't that neat? Uh, Lisa, that was Lisa. That was uh, Denisha's testimony. Denisha Merriweather, she's one of your speakers. Yes, she's going to be the keynote speaker. She'll be opening up the event. Wonderful. And that's the Education Freedom Symposium. And you're going to hear a lot about school choice. That's like parental choice in education. Correct. And I want to highlight one point that Denisha brought up. She said no one deserves to be imprisoned by their zip code. Yes. What does she mean by that? Well, I like to highlight that to a lot of Americans because this is something that we're on automatic pilot with. But I like to draw a parallel. Um, We don't have any other area of our life in a free market where we are locked into zip codes. We're not required to only work in our zip codes. We're not required to buy homes based on zip codes. We're not required to only access health care based on zip codes. We're not required to only go to grocery stores based on zip codes. But we are trapped in an anomaly in a free market that is tied to arbitrary zip codes. So in an era when people don't even want to defend our borders, we are perfectly willing to enforce these artificial borders within the country. And I think we need to challenge that. Wow, absolutely. So whether uh, you're interested in public schools, charter schools, private schools, Christian schools, home schools, homeschooling, come to the Education Freedom uh, Symposium. And the website is edfreedommo.org, edfreedommo.org. Yes, and the tickets are available on Eventbrite. Tickets are available on our website, edfreedommo.org. If you have any questions, you can email info, M-O, at afphq.org. I'll say that again, info, mo, at afphq.org. That email address is on the Eventbrite and on the website. All right, once again, Saturday, November 2nd at the Reardon Center uh, in Kansas City, Kansas. That's about 5th and Minnesota. Plan to be there. Go to that website. Get your tickets. Bring your group. And if we need patriots who care about saving America to show up on Saturday, November 2nd. Buy a ticket. It does include lunch. Go to the website, edfreedommo.org. That's all the time we have today. Thank you, folks. Oh, and remember our listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.